Welcome to Honestly Haunted. Honestly Haunted. We're your hosts, Erin Grogan and Abby Chowning. This week in our Haunted America tour, we're heading to a pretty famous park, Yellowstone National Park in Wyoming. We've had quite a few locations recently that are somewhat well known as a landmark, but turn out to be a doozy of a haunted place too. Yep, Hoover Dam, American Fort Canyon. Yeah, they're places people think are one thing, but they turn out to have some really insane histories. Exactly. And we can be sure that Yellowstone will be faithful (laughs) to that pattern as well. Get it? Faithful? Old faithful? No? I had to. Okay. I'm here. I'm with you. (laughs) I'll move on, I guess. (laughs) So, Yellowstone is a national park that actually extends beyond Wyoming to Montana and Idaho as well. But we're making this the Wyoming episode because we'll be focusing on some of the areas surrounding hotels in Wyoming as part of the park. And also, honestly, 96% of the park is in Wyoming. So this is Wyoming. Makes sense. So this park was established as the very first national park in the U.S. in 1872. And in fact, some people say it was actually the first national park in the world. It's known for its wildlife, but also its physical features, such as the Old Faithful Geyser. Old Faithful is a cone geothermal geyser. Basically, that means it's a water spout of boiling water. (laughs) (laughs) Guys are so much more poetic, though, isn't it? Guys are more poetic. But the water flies into the sky around 100 feet high when it erupts, and it's erupted every 44 minutes to two hours since 2000. It used to be, like, pretty much like 30 minutes to an hour but it's actually elongated a little bit recently oh, which is interesting but since 2000 it's been pretty consistently 45 minutes to two hours and that's why it's called old faithful <laughs> one of the reasons for its name its eruption is very reliable Organized exploration of the park did not begin until the 1860s. However, Native Americans lived in the region for at least 11,000 years. So that statement is actually mostly, probably, definitely 100% false. (laughs) Because clearly Native Americans explored the region. So when people say organized exploration, they mean the U.S. government. Yeah, and in this case, they legitimately mean the government. Because the park was actually first managed by the U.S. Army from 1886 until 1916. So it wasn't until 1917 that the National National Park Service took over control as we know it now because it didn't exist before Mm -hmm. then. Many parts of the park have since been built and protected for architectural, archaeological, and historical significance. Yellowstone is full of lakes, canyons, rivers, mountain ranges, and more. One lake in the park, Yellowstone Lake, is actually one of the largest high-elevation lakes in North America and is centered over the largest supervolcano on the continent, Yellowstone Caldera. Okay, yeah, so... We've got to halt for a moment because of the supervolcano. Supervolcano. <laughs> so, Abby, do you know much about the supervolcano in Yellowstone? Yeah, I've heard a few things. Mostly that it's, like, dormant, but is, like, not really. Oh, yeah. Or sometimes they use the word dormant or extinct for volcanoes, which I think is really interesting because it's, yeah, like, it's so like a living thing. Yeah, this one is not thing. extinct. It's dormant. It's dormant. Yeah. So I heard that, and I, like, because so when I 
was in high school in Colorado. I remember learning about it because Colorado was very much so in like your dead zone oh, if this yeah. thing erupts. Oh yeah. And then I think recently, not recently, but since I've lived in Lubbock, I've seen another map and again I was like, oh good, Lab- Lubbock's just in the ash zone of when this yeah. thing inevitably explodes. So this this super volcano haunts me. <laughs> and what I mean by that is I for, when I first learned about this, like I don't even know, maybe it was ten years ago now or something. The first time I really heard about it. Um, Ever since then, uh, approximately at least once a year, let's say, <laughs> potentially, sometimes more often, depending on my anxiety levels of the year, I go into a mode where I have to research all of it again and like figure out my escape plan, <laughs> recall all of the signs of eruption that happened in the weeks leading up to a super eruption. Um, <laughs> I, I, I figure out where I am on that map that you talked about. Guys, there is a map. Oh, yeah. You look at. Also, this will ruin your life. So um, <laughs> as, as, as me, as it has for me, um, basically, if it erupts, if it has another massive eruption, like a super eruption, what we're talking about, and I'll talk about that distinction in a second. <laughs> um, basically, most of the U.S. is gone. And by gone, I mean dead in a pile of volcanic ash, which is made of glass and ash and rock yeah. and sediment. And um, you can't breathe. Not so, just gas, so, here we, so in Lubbock, which is pretty far from Wyoming, um, we would get 10 to 30 millimeters of volcanic ash, which doesn't actually sound like a lot, but... It is enough to make it so that our air would be, like, unsuitable for life. Um, Which means that, like, we would technically be able to live here, but it would be, like, very difficult and hard and um, people would still probably die. So my plan (laughs) is that if ever the signs of a super eruption start, uh, which often just so you guys know, um, (laughs) means that like in the weeks leading up to it, you might see animals herd in herds running away from the area. There's certain things that you can tell with like, you'd start to get little mini earthquakes in the area. Yeah. So there, there are signs that would happen in the lead up. If those ever start happening, you can find me in Mexico, not in North Mexico, because North Mexico would still get ash. You can find me in Southern Mexico, where I will be living my life away from the super volcano and its destruction, (laughs) because it terrifies me. But literally, yeah. So if you if you live in Colorado, Wyoming, I think it was also Idaho, Idaho. Montana, um, you're dead if this explodes. So I'm sorry. I, I hope I hope you had a great time before that <laughs> happened. <it> out this episode. <laughs> but all that being said, as Abby said, it is dormant. But that doesn't mean that it wouldn't happen. I've read lots of things to try and make myself feel better over the years about this. But everything comes down to the fact that it's like, okay, there have been there have been three eruptions from the supervolcano. One was like 2.6 million years ago. Um, then there was one that was 1.3 million years ago. And then the third was only 668,000 years ago. And myself, I see a pattern in there that it's becoming shorter and shorter, hmm. <laughs> which means that it's, it's due any day now. In <laughs> That's my what mind. that means. Any day now. <laughs> any day now. Um, other scientists, other scientists, as if I am a scientist, uh, say, point out that there's, there is a chance that it will never 
go off again, there is a chance that that sure. could happen. It could become extinct. Um, in fact, its its core is actually moving northeast, which means we could become safer. In Lubbock. Sorry about um, you, Canada. <laughs> sorry about you. <laughs> sorry about you. <laughs> Although part of you, Canada, is already not safe. Um, That's true. <laughs> but, uh, so there's a chance it could never go off. But there's, like, also a chance that it could go off because they literally can't tell until it starts happening. So, <laughs> all that being said, some small eruptions have actually happened between these so it could still go off but in a much less detrimental way and it has gone off in less detrimental ways um but yeah that super volcano haunts my life and so <laughs> when we started doing the research for this episode i was like oh i've got some stuff to talk about we haven't even gotten to the spooky stuff or the haunting stuff it already haunts me so <laughs> i mean like that's my verdict on the volcano alone is haunted so it's it's more odd for us because usually we cover like the paranormal and like volcanoes are very much so scientific <laughs> yeah. and like there's some black and white involved with the so we can be scared by all sorts of things all sorts all sorts this is this is already scary and we are literally on on page 1 of our research guys <laughs> <laughs> buckle up so anyway speaking of volcanoes and this volcano in particular, Yellowstone is also home to one of the world's largest petrified forests, which is really cool. So cool. I've been to one before. Not you the have. one in yeah. Yes, I've been to one in cool. Arizona. So the name alone sounds like something that belongs on our podcast, honestly. Yep. Petrified forest. <laughs> uh, but basically what these are are the results of old eruptions where lava turned wood to stone by undergoing a mineralization process. And ultimately, it's it's like a tree graveyard full of tree mummies that have been preserved. Tree mummies. Tree mummies. <laughs> so the climate of Yellowstone is also rather fascinating, as the varied elevation means that there can be a huge discrepancy between certain areas of the park and their temperature. The record high was 99 degrees in 2002, while the record low was negative 66 in 1933, which is crazy. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> an insane difference. So the park itself has quite a few features that induce some spooky feelings beyond the supervolcano. <laughs> and, and many of them, however, are, are just naturally caused. So to talk about a couple of them, Dragon's Mouth Spring is an area inside a mud cave where a hot spring causes gurgling and bubbles that genuinely sound like a dragon is breathing and living inside a dark cave. The park is full of bubbling mud and boiling rivers that make the place not only dangerous, but also seem like it's been pulled out of some fantasy novel. It's all, however, caused by the thermal water gases under the Earth's surface. One unexplained phenomena in the park, though, comes in the form of lake music. Tourists and workers in the park alike have reported hearing a buzzing sound that moves across Yellowstone Lake throughout the years. The music sounds similar to breath going over glasses, an airy sound with an occasional whistle or buzz. It gets reported most often in the winter when parts of the lake are frozen over. However, due to the features of the park, the lake is never fully frozen. There have been a number of scientific studies done to try and explain this music, and many theories involve that it's, it deals with the partially frozen water, but no study has actually been able to provide an explanation. It remains a mystery. There have been numerous dark events and tragedies within the park throughout time. In 1870, a militia was exploring the area when a group of Native Americans stole their horses. The militia pursued the Native Americans, and the chase soon came to a water feature. The Native Americans took the horses into the water beside them, but as they approached one of the waterfalls, the men were swept up by the current and went over the edge. 
Today, tourists report that when they approach the lower level of these falls, they hear chanting, and some even say that they have seen the water turn red, as if stained by the blood of those men. In the 1920s, a steamboat on Stevenson Island was shipwrecked after a party one evening. An employee of the park went out to assess the damage and expected to see beer and perhaps a few straggling partiers, but what he saw was completely unexpected. Instead, he came across the body of a man. Upon seeing the man in the distance, a storm started to form. As the employee approached, he could see that this man was soaked head to toe and in clothing that seemed like it was from the previous century. He had no pulse, his eyes were bulging, and his face was blue. Upon reaching the body, however, the body disappeared, and so did the storm that had begun to form. Creepy. Yeah. <laughs> In 1981, two men, David Kerwin and Ronald Ratliff, drove out to the park to admire the hot springs. Ratliff's Great Dane got out of the car and ran straight into the spring, Celestian Pool. Kerwin drove, dove headfirst after the dog into the water that was over 200 degrees Fahrenheit, but swam back when he realized he couldn't help. Another tourist on the scene, Earl Welch, tried to help Kerwin out of the water and was startled to see that Kerwin's eyes were completely white. He believed he must have been blinded by his initial plunge. Kieran was rushed to the hospital but died shortly after from his burns. Unfortunately, the dog also didn't survive Ugh. and quite literally melted into the spring. The dog's body caused several small eruptions for days after the incident, a gruesome reminder of the terrible event. And at least 20 people have died in Yellowstone from incidents related to geysers and geothermal water, which I would have thought would be higher than that. So this is like people who specifically died like from not, those like... Not like animal attacks or falling yeah, off so of mountains. Yeah, so there's there's or, a lot more deaths yeah. in the park, but this is like really specifically tied to... Hot water. Because of the hot water. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. A lot of other accidents and things have caused deaths. Because, sure. I mean, it's a giant park that has been around forever. <laughs> so, it's nature. <laughs> yeah. So lots of other deaths, but those are like the ones that have been officially tied to those specifically. And I also don't know how far back the record goes. Sure. Yeah. Um, so a newer urban legend that comes out of the park actually comes from a recent death that has now been attributed to a siren. This urban legend is actually based on a real tragedy, the tragedy of Colin Scott, who fell into his death to a hot spring in 2016 when he was attempting to hot pot, which is the illegal act of soaking in a hot spring. This thermal pool, however, was lethal. The legend comes from a Reddit post by a man who claims to be one of the first responders who saw the video his sister Sable took of the incident. Now, a news report did say she took a video, but we couldn't find that video, and it doesn't appear to be anywhere online. This creepily actually makes the story on Reddit seem more true. Yeah, just like a disclaimer, this story was on No Sleep, yeah. which is typically fiction, but the the weird part about this is, like, there it's based on an actual death, and all That's the news documented. articles yeah. actually say that the sister took a picture, or took a video, but that video is nowhere to be found and isn't described anywhere. It's mm. like it's hidden. So it's like this definitely is a blurry line. So the first responder says that the search and rescue crew came after reports of Sable hysterically calling for help. And the only words that they could make out was her brother's name. When the crew arrived, she was actually in a trance-like state rather than hysterical. And she led them to her brother off the path, only saying, he's dead. The crew saw the floating body already beginning to disintegrate and dissolve. At this point, Zabel 
began to become hysteric again, claiming that something was going to kill them all if they got too close to the pool. After finally getting her back to the medical facility, she finally explained that something had lured her brother to the spring, and she had even recorded it as she knew no one would believe her. She showed this video to the first responder as well as a number of other responders. So the first responder wrote out a transcript of the video. We're going to read the lines. Aaron will be Sable and I will be Colin. So to start out, Colin is standing near the trail, staring off into the trees. Take heed, ladies and gentlemen back home, because this is what happens when you agree to go sightseeing with your derpy ass brother. Sable throws a stone at Colin, who doesn't flinch. What are you looking at? Colin doesn't respond. What the F is your deal? We're supposed to be going in the other direction. Still no response. Seriously, dude? Colin cocks his head to the side. Can you hear it? Hear what? She's singing. Who's singing? Colin begins to walk off the designated trail towards the overgrown path. Where the F are you going? He doesn't respond, but continues to walk. I don't think you're supposed to go that way. He begins to proceed beyond the camera's view. Colin! Colin, what the F? At this point, uh, Sable places the still recording phone in her pocket, so we only hear what comes next. Colin! Colin! Muffled sounds of movement. Where the F are you? You're freaking me the F out. More muffled sounds. Two minutes of inaudible black. Then, Colin, Colin, please come back here. Sable pulls her phone back out and the image comes into focus. She records from the background as Colin stands at the far edge of the thermal pool. He's holding eye contact with a figure that stands at the center of the spring, suspended unnaturally just a few inches above the water. The figure is female, nearly four feet tall, completely nude with white, shoulder-length hair. The figure carries no pigmentation due to its skin appearing to be near translucent. While it displays the outward definition of breasts, its pubic region lacks any sort of sexual characteristics. The figure's mouth is partially open as it emanates a low hum. Colin, get the hell away from that thing! Note to the reader, at this point, the tone coming from the figure seems to be having an effect on the recording abilities of the phone, which causes the picture to distort in and out of clarity. Can you hear it? Colin, please, let's go, I'm scared. We can't go, I have to hear it. Get away from it, please! The figure outstretches its thin arms in Colin's direction. She's going to show me. Please, Colin, please get away from it, please, there's something wrong with it! She's going to show me where the sound comes from. Colin steps over the edge of the pool, splashing into the acidic water down below. Colin! Colin violently gurgles in pain, and the figure turns to Sable. We hear Sable's fearful cries, and the figure cocks its head to the side before disintegrating into a formless liquid that rains down, lifelessly into the pool below. Sable drops her phone. We assume that she's rushing to the aid of her brother. All that can be heard is her screaming. So, our first responder (laughs) then goes on to say an FBI agent who was assigned to the park saw the video and took over from there. Military vehicles arrived the following day, and the area Colin was found was blocked off. Supposedly, there were sightings of men in hazmat suits in the area as well. The responder said that each responder from that night was then questioned thoroughly by people who were claiming to be from the EPA, and they were asked to describe what they saw. He was also told that this was now a federal investigation, so he was not allowed to speak about the incident. In days, our first responder was let go from his job with search and rescue without real reason as to why. He notes in his post that while the incident happened in June, no news reported about it until November. 
So one commenter on his post said that they were Native American and from Wyoming, and said that they believed that this incident described a water baby. Water babies are dangerous spirits that can take the form of a human child and imitate human sounds. Often their cry is seen as an omen of death, and responding to their cry results in catastrophe. Several visitors to the park have also claimed that they have seen limbs reaching out from hot springs in the distance. Perhaps more sirens or water babies on the prowl? That whole story is so spooky. (laughs) Like we said, it's, it's a gray area about its truthfulness part like that happened at, at we don't know about the creature part but yeah there was a video that man walked into the water and died his sister was screaming like we know that parts of that definitely happened yes um so it's very spooky very spooky. also like i checked and it's true all of the news articles are from november even though it happened mm, in june much earlier so so weird very spooky yeah <laughs> very creepy um now there are quite a few more spooky tales from the park itself and in fact, if any of you have been there and have had your own experiences, you you should tell us. Like, yes. Definitely reach out and tell us. Um, but there are a few more big stories that we want to tell that actually revolve around the Old Faithful Inn, which is a hotel close to the similarly named Geyser. So this tale begins in 1915. A New York heiress who was only 19 fell in love with a servant who worked in their house and was much older than her. Her father objected and told her that this man was a gold digger, but she refused to believe him. In an attempt (coughs) to get the servant to back out of the deal, the father agreed to a dowry, but the agreement also meant that that his daughter would no longer inherit anything and that this dowry would be the last money they saw of the family fortune. This actually didn't deter the servant, and the couple still married and took their honeymoon at Yellowstone. They were in room 127 of Old Faithful Inn, a hotel that had been built only a little over 10 years earlier, and was quite a fashionable place to stay at the time. The husband immediately began to gamble and squander away the dowry. The couple fought constantly, and people who worked at the hotel said that they heard yelling and fighting nightly. One night, in particular, was worse than the others. The husband stormed out of the room and was not seen again. A day or two passed, and the hotel staff hadn't heard from the wife, but they were giving her her space and distance after hearing such a blowout argument. However, as some time passed, the workers began to worry about the bride. They opened her room, finally, and found the room in a complete disarray. A maid then ventured into the bathroom and found the new bride dead and bloody in the bathtub missing her head yeah (laughs) she she needs that she she did the hotel was searched but no one could seem to find her head that is until a few days later a foul odor was reported in the lobby area when a guest looked up to the highest point of the hotel up in an area called the crow's nest above where a band periodically played was the bride's head Since this incident, guests have claimed to have seen an apparition of a woman wearing a flowing white dress walking down from the crow's nest with her head under her arm. The apparition of our tragic bride. However, if this story spooked you, I have some bad news. (laughs) A former manager of the Old Faithful Inn first began to spread the story in the 80s, but later admitted he'd made the whole thing up to tease a reporter who kept asking for ghost stories when he had none. Gotcha! (laughs) (laughs) The story became so large and popular that the manager actually reported finding himself amused because guests would recount his own fake story to him (laughs) and even claim to have had experiences with this ghostly bride that he totally made up. 
While room 127's story may have been fabricated, another story of the hotel had not had the same sort of confession. A couple was staying in room two when they awoke to find a woman standing at the edge of their bed in a garb that looked like it was from the 1890s. The wife saw the woman first and in terror clawed at her husband's back and said quietly, do you see that? A, ho a hotel attendant said that the next day when the couple was telling their story, the man actually showed the worker the spot on his back where his wife's fingernails dug into his skin in terror. The 300 wing of the hotel is another area of activity. A maid claims to have seen a fire extinguisher on the wall turn 90 degrees in front of her eyes and then back again. Another worker says he saw the ice machine fill up and dump on its own. A fire hose fill up without prompting. And most unnervingly, a small staircase turned flat beneath people's feet, causing them to stumble and then return to its normal form. Hogwarts. <laughs> Hogwarts. <laughs> it is basically Hogwarts. That, yeah, that is. But yeah, so there's, there's a ton of little stories like that. I mean... It, it's so funny to me that the hotel's most famous story is still is actually the one that has now been debunked. Debunked. <laughs> but the funny part about it is it kind of goes back to something we've talked about, about like, when do legends become truth? And yes. do people make them true? Because people have reported seeing this bride. Yeah. And so that that's the part that kind of freaks me out is like, did they make a spirit? Did they bring something just, to life? Yeah. But... Honestly, there's so much about this park and the surrounding like connected parts like the hotels. There's a couple of different hotels and I think I think some of them all have their own little pieces, but these are like the major stories. We could probably do like multiple episodes on all of yeah. the Yellowstone stuff. But yeah, there's a lot lots of stuff there. Yeah, I think like national parks in general, I think sometimes we see a lot of like aside from like the hotels and, and things like that, but like the natural elements of yeah. the park. There's just something about it. Like <laughs> I think we joke. Obviously, we didn't talk specifically about quicksand, but the <laughs> the like the the geysers and the hot springs kind of make me think. It's like man, as a kid, I thought well, I thought quicksand was gonna be a much bigger issue. I than really it thought is. I'd have to, I'd have a lot more problems with quicksand as I grew up. <laughs> so much exciting for quicksand, but I have to feel like the hot springs or the geysers are kind of like. Like they're they're completely different than things that we normally see every day. Yeah. They're ominous. They're 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 like there's something beautiful and interesting oh, about yeah. them that calls you to them. But they're siren, siren, water baby, water babies. But it's yeah, it's, I think that's an interesting component as far as like nature goes. Is that it's so compelling and interesting, especially if you don't see like that's, and also dangerous and also dangerous. Yeah, yeah. So we we didn't share all of the deaths that have happened there because we, we mostly stuck to the ones that had some sort of paranormal or spooky after effect to, to share. But while doing research, there were so many incidences of people like going off of the path that they were supposed to or visiting at night or something and, and going where they shouldn't and people thinking that they were jumping into a spring that like could be gone into and jumping into the like acidic, acidic ones, ones and dissolving <sighs> yeah um that is terrifying yeah. to me absolutely terrifying That's scary and and so i think it's also interesting because yellowstone as a national park has that added element of like what lies beneath yes because <laughs> literally it has a volcano that lies beneath it there is literal lava mm -hmm. like, like yeah as some people might call it hellfire, hellfire. <laughs> beneath the earth's surface yeah well, you can tell like the whole area is full of activity oh, because yeah. of the geysers and the hot springs you're just like something is going on beneath yeah. our feet like which is ominous enough in itself i was trying to think was 
Was Vesuvius considered a supervolcano? It might have been. So there are definitely multiple supervolcanoes yes. that have existed or do exist. But it makes me think of it because I thought Pompeii was because it basically altered the atmosphere and like general like weather of the region after its because explosion. That's what, what because supervolcanoes that's what they do. do. Yeah. And so it made me think that like wouldn't that be so great? Like yeah, you might survive it, but the like the atmosphere and weather in general like climate of the entire North American oh, continent yeah. would there was, shift. Um, there was another volcano eruption that happened. I was reading about this. I don't remember which one it was, but what I was reading basically said that its eruption caused a, um, it, this was, it was like 70,000 years ago or something like that. And it basically caused a eight to 10 year win- global winter Mm. Yeah, it, yeah yeah so so we and and it almost killed life like sure. it did it didn't i guess it wasn't that bad it wasn't as catastrophic as as much of a catastrophe as that might sound right it wasn't like day after tomorrow stuff it didn't block out the sun but <laughs> it still legitimately caused like actual cooling of the earth to the point that they consider it a global winter for those eight to ten years after that no thank you i'm good yeah, it's it's crazy. So there's just so many natural things that exist there yeah. that like it leads you pretty easily to think there are also supernatural things that exist there. And sure. I cannot get the image of limbs coming out of a hot spring nope. out of my mind. Nope. Yeah. Just an arm reaching out from the bubbling water. That's so vivid. Like, I know. I, I see it so clearly. Yeah. It, same. And I can't get that image out of my mind. I... So what are what are your thoughts about this about this Reddit post yeah. story? What 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 are you what is your take on it? I mean So I don't think it would be like out of the norm for something on Reddit to get like enough traction and like kind of give stock to, especially like this first responder. I don't know, like I really want to believe the story, like that it yeah. exists somewhere, but it also I think could be like the work of someone who, who did go to Yellowstone and was maybe inspired by the, like, I'm trying to think of the word because it's like, it's nature, but then it's also something that is not so typically seen in nature. Like, it's a rarity. Like, it's a... So just to clarify again, like, yeah. Sable and Colin were there. They yes. are real people. Well, they were. Colin, and Colin and died. Colin died yeah. from the spring. And, and that is accurate. And that happened yes. in 2016. Yes. So that is legit. Right. Um, so, like, yeah, so basically the, the, it's like, did somebody hear about this tragic story and decide to capitalize Transcript on it? Transcript or, like, or, or, or come or, yeah, up with an idea about why? of a story. Or, yeah. Like, that, that's the, where I'm torn, because it's like, yes, obviously I know that, like, it happened. And, and honestly, like, most of those, like, haunted stories that we deal with, there's an element of truth somewhere. Like, something happened and then in order for it to become a legend, it gets fueled up with other right. things. Uh, people add to it to like make it... Like the Headless Bride. Yeah, yeah, to make it sound interesting or compelling. And so it's like, I wouldn't be super surprised if in this situation something happened. Say there was, say there was a video, something about obviously like there was commotion and right. the park didn't see fit to report the tragic death when it happened it took several months which i can also yeah. understand why i mean this is so reason why a family would not want the footage of their son's last dying. moments yeah put out there so i totally get that and that stuff is um, usually 
pretty much goal kept on the on the internet for the most part. Yes. Unless you know where to look. Which yeah. I, I don't, don't want to see. I don't want to see it. <laughs> we we go into some dark stuff, but not, not that not dark. That. No. Um Yeah, so like I I'm with you. I feel I I do feel weird about some of it. Like yeah. the and I don't know, okay, so either my weirdness comes from that I feel like maybe there is something to the story, like something not fully being told, because these news articles were also very short, very yeah. abrupt, like a little weird too, compared to things that, yeah, it was just a little weird, like something does seem off, Yeah. but I'm also recognizing that this feeling I'm feeling could also just be like, I feel a little gross that somebody took an actual legit tragedy and then turned it into something a paranormal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what, I don't know where that feeling lies, but it's one of those two things for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Like, I don't ever want to, uh, as we've established from the get go, like I'm not much of a skeptic when it comes to stuff like this. Like, not necessarily it's like someone says this place is haunted. It's like, I believe you. It's more just like, what are the, what are the other things that kind of point to something like this happening? Yeah. So, so what, what kind of like, what other things have, have occurred to make somewhat like the water baby thing, I think is the most interesting tie in to make it like considerable as far as like myth goes or legend. It's like that those, these things exist and they lay claimed hot springs and they can make it even more dangerous for people to visit hot springs. Like yeah. I, I, there's something there. No, yeah. I, I get that. Also just to, just to jump back <clears throat> to our volcano um, question, Mount Vesuvius, Mount Vesuvius was not a super volcano, okay. All right. um, <laughs> which should just scare you even more because yeah, Mount Vesuvius <laughs> was considered an ordinary volcano yeah. and it literally destroyed Pompeii. You know, <laughs> oh, the one I'm thinking of, there's a there. I think it, this one was a super volcano. It was on the island of Saint Torini, Greece, and it was a super volcano that basically sunk part of the island of Saint Torini. And that's the one that changed the atmosphere. And was it, caused... it Mount Tambora? Yeah, yeah. So, because Mount Tambora, um, no, this is Indonesia. Not that one. So, no, I was lying. So Mount Tambora. It, it blew in 1815, and the subsequent year was apparently called 1800 and froze to death. <laughs> or, or the year without a summer. And, oh, boy. And uh, it also was happening during an era that's been dubbed Little Ice Age. And this is a really long era, so it's like a period of global cooling, and it happened from 1350 to 1850. Mm. But they, but they say that there were like three distinct periods of cooling, and much of it was caused by volcanic winter oh. that yeah so it's a, it's a little creepy but yeah i think for me this is like one of our first episodes where we've kind of come in contact with like the scientific and yes. like what we mentioned earlier like things that are like this is what it is this is what the experts who study this for their living for the last you know and people have studied it for the last how many thousands of years and like, these are, this is what it is. And this is what causes, this is a geyser. I can give you a scientific mm-hmm. reason for why this is happening. I can tell you why this hot spring is acidic and gets to temperatures of how many degrees. And but this they one can't tell us doesn't. why the lake sings. Why? Uh, yeah. Why are there weird noises on the, when the lake is partially the, frozen? Yeah. The part that freaks me out about that is that there have been scientific studies to try and explain it. And they can't. And they have been inconclusive. Yeah. And I think any scientist will know, like at, at every point, every single scientific thing hits a point of like, 
well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, you know, sometimes things happen. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, it, there, there's that's literally an excuse, like doctors and scientists give, like, like if someone who had cancer had you know tumors all yeah. over the place, and then they come back and they're gone. Yeah, like that just happens, and it's like I cannot tell you why. Yeah, like some people will call it a miracle, some people call it paranormal, some people call it luck. Yeah. It's just there's just things that you cannot explain no matter how much you try and i think that there's something i think also in nature for us like because we've obviously been we're civilized and (laughs) what's the word domesticated yes humans have become pretty um, not all of us but a lot of us have become domesticated grain of salt there yeah i was like i uh it's like i'm domesticated i don't camp very much i love nature but I'm not going to. Yeah. for people who want to die. You've been, I've established this. <laughs> Camping is for people who want to be murdered. I told you this. But I think that there is something about it, like the whole get back to nature thing, yeah. which is good for the soul. I think it's good for people. But it's like when you also, when we're in like our suburbs and our cities, and these are the things that we see every day, and this is like normal, when you get out of nature and you're confronted with something that you don't see very often, mm-hmm. like the senses kind of go berserk. Oh, yeah. And I feel like it'd be. That those are the moments where I think we are most susceptible to experience yes. paranormal. It's like it's like being in the woods in the dark at night by yourself. Yeah, you hear everything, you sense everything, you feel things around you, and it's like something that you don't necessarily feel like when you're like in a city or in a yeah. crowded spot, you know, with lots of people. So there's something I think there's definitely something to be said about the paranormal and in nature. Also, I mean, just talking about Yellowstone in general. It's giant. Yes. And being out in any kind of open nature place, you your senses are acting differently than they would be anywhere else. Yeah. You hear sounds that you wouldn't normally hear. You come into contact with things that you wouldn't normally. And, and so I, I also think there's a sense of feeling in awe of mm-hmm. nature that comes with oh with something that i would classify as similar to the feelings i have thinking about paranormal things yeah i don't quite know how to put this into words but like maybe maybe you can understand like if i am in a place that makes me feel awe Mm-hmm. That feeling is often also what I feel if I'm in a place like that makes me feel spooked. Yeah. Or, like if I come to a place and just my inside changes how it feels. Yes. Like it's a very similar feeling. And and I don't know if I'm explaining this very well. No, it's but, basically yeah. it's like a it's like a high to low air pressure change. Yes. Like it's just something like, it's like a Ooh. significance. Yeah. And, and my body reacts similarly, I think. Yeah. And and while I might not get scared in a beautiful nature scene, like there's still something that happens that feels similar. And so my body kind of reacts in a similar way, which makes me feel like if I was seeing this beautiful place at night or something like that, or I saw something that I couldn't recognize or couldn't make sense of, I could very easily switch into the, this is paranormal feeling. I think it's, it's fight or flight. Yes. I think it's what it, it's like, it's just that innate, subconscious feeling that you get and like that's i think that's why some people like scary things when some people don't yeah. while some people love to be out in nature and other people it freaks or them like, out nope. over it's too much <laughs> like it over like it's too much of a sensory overload yeah in that regard so i completely agree with what you're saying that's really interesting yeah and i yeah. i was just because I, I was just thinking about it and i was thinking about like how i've felt before when i've been in various like nature situations mm-hmm. and i was like actually honestly not that different from 
For example, when we were at that antique, the old net, yeah. and we went, walked into that place where we felt the pressure change, mm-hmm. we felt our body change, like that sort of, I have felt a change now is similar. Yes. Not always negative. Yeah. But, but like a similar kind of switch in inside. Yeah. It's at the same, like seeing something beautiful that takes your breath away. Yeah. Is the same Skipping as. Skipping a beat. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. Your, your, your sense is taking in something that is different or unique or yeah. not something you're used to. I think it's a very similar reaction, which I think probably leads us to our verdict. So honestly, haunted. haunted. Oh, Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, Wait, no, I changed my mind. I think it's haunted. I don't think it's haunted. You don't? Well, I'm very much on the, on the fence. So I'm, yeah, I'm torn on this one. You go first. Okay. I'm going to say, I genuinely didn't know what I was going to say. I know. I didn't either. (laughs) I, 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 hesitated on yeah, this one same so i i'm gonna say haunted but not in our traditional way and i say traditional way like we have different caveats <laughs> like every episode. every episode it's like i'm gonna say haunted but not haunted <laughs> but yeah but this is what we're doing so <laughs> so i say haunted mostly because I, i'm gonna say like i'm gonna think it's not necessarily the word haunted this time is okay. not what i'm thinking of i'm thinking maybe more paranormal okay or Thing, things kind of like and it's it's like Off paranormal culture? yeah well paranormal makes you think of the word unnatural which is not yeah. what i'm trying to say yeah. because this is all very natural but i would have it's to all, it's okay here's the other word then. yeah supernatural supernatural it is supernatural this is like and not <laughs> the words so yeah supernatural like super space natural yes very natural very it's, <laughs> it's the heightened elevation I, of I natural because that's exactly right because i think that's exactly what i was trying to describe because it's like we're dealing with nature things that are scientific have been established for thousands and thousands of years have been and hopefully will be long after humans are gone like it like we are gone like it's gonna keep rolling is what it's doing old faithful has been old faithful for a hot minute yeah no pun intended (laughs) and it's gonna keep doing what it's doing until something kind of shifts that from view and so i would just say like Kind of as humans and how small we are and fit to that nature that's been so consistent and so vast and so like in control for so long like I feel like how are we to say that like it's not even though it's so consistent that it's not like super like that it's yeah. not exceptional it's not that's like fair. I think and that's actually, for me actually I agree with you yeah. so the, and that's also kind of why I said not haunted so even like we yeah. kind of had the same reasoning and and my thought behind it again i was unsure what i was gonna say right up until we said it because i for all those same reasons my thought is like this is nature and nature is a force that no matter how hard we try we will never fully understand that there can be so much science into it and but there's always the next piece that Mm -hmm. you need to find out and it's so untamable and yeah. and majestic at times and, and terrible at times and and that to me I guess I almost was thinking of nature as this as its own force but its now that you force. said it in in that yeah. way I'm like maybe that does kind of fall into my definition yeah. of what like supernatural might be. might be and and so yeah, I'm very much on the fence. I that's that's why. So I feel like my explanation makes is more of an answer than actually yeah. saying haunted or not haunted. Um, it's hard when we you, we can't put something that's so not black and white yeah, into it's not like binary a haunted always. or not haunted. Yeah, because I think we would agree 
that it's like national parks in general, especially Yellowstone with its history and it's like unique, like all the unique factors involved that it is. It's not, I, I couldn't even describe it. Like with I all know. its features that it's unique, it's natural, but it's also special. Like there's something. That being said. Yeah. I want to go, even though I'm terrified of the super volcano, we'll just make sure <laughs> in the week's coming like before our visit that none of the eruption signs are happening we'll and check. if they are we are not going we'll check in with all the wildlife <laughs> check, like you guys in. staying you guys staying up, call them up call up the buffalo buffalo's name um, but i really want to go because i feel like this is the type of one where like i say not haunted now i feel like i could have an experience that changes my mind yeah there and i don't know I don't know what that would need to be, yeah. but I, I, I just, I do want, I want to go and I, I want to explore and I want to mm-hmm. see how I feel when I'm there. Yeah. I think it's the selling points like for me, obviously I want to go to like all the national parks. Yeah. So I want to be able to experience them for what they are and, and that, but it's, it's the removal of like the human part of the yeah. equation. Like a lot of the places we deal with, like there's big human energy that occurred and that's what we're focusing on is like the leftover spirit energy remain whatever of of something human or even something but this is like the remains of nature of of spirit like of the, true like yeah. spirit of nature and yeah. it's like i don't even know where to begin yeah. on what that could possibly or, be or like what the extent of it could be like we're sitting here talking about nature but also we touched briefly upon like the native american water baby mm-hmm. spirit which to them is nature that is part yeah. of nature and so like it is a spirit of nature. And so it's hard for us to kind of differentiate sometimes between that because, I mean, obviously we're, we're not Native American, so we don't fully understand like all of their belief systems and things like that. But to recognize that there are people who who believe that parts of nature are very much in the same realm as things we mm-hmm. have been talking about or have talked about. And so yeah. it's very interesting. And I, I, I don't know quite where I land in I all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. A first for us. Yeah. Obviously, we've talked about, like, places, like, that, like parks, American Fork, like, but, like, specific but such human. such a focus on nature. Yeah, yeah. Such a focus on nature and something that is, like, so untapped and, yeah. I love and it. And it's, it's, it's quite a famous place. So I imagine a lot of you of our listeners have been there. Yeah. So we'd love to hear your stories about your time there. And if you have seen anything weird either in the park or any of the surrounding places. Cause like I said, there's been, I, I saw a lot of small tales about like some spookiness at the hotels nearby, right. but yeah. yeah. And, or if you feel like you can like pinpoint what we're trying to say better than we can, yeah. which is basically like when you Give are, us our words. yeah. When you're presented <laughs> with nature, like what, what do you feel? What do you feel? What do you think? Tell us. So yeah. thank you guys again so much for listening. We'll be back with more Honestly Haunted. Thank you as always for listening to Honestly Haunted. Please follow us on social media at Honestly Haunted and consider becoming a Patreon supporter to help us continue to grow. If you haven't already, leave us a five-star review. We'll be back with more Honestly Haunted. Honestly Haunted.